Hello and welcome to My First Year, the podcast where I interview Gear Up alumni about their experiences in high school, college, and beyond. I'm your host, Casey Weld, with Gear Up for LA. This time, we'll be talking about all the twists and turns the journey to obtaining a college degree can take. A lot of people have this idea that you have to go to a four-year college right after high school and graduate in four years, or else you didn't do it right. But life's not always a straight path. There's always going to be obstacles that come up along the way. And while it is true that getting a college degree early affords you more time and opportunities to transition into the workforce, everyone's journey is different. The most important thing is that you eventually finish what you started. After graduating from Franklin High School in Highland Park, Los Angeles, Ashley Aragon's college journey has had many ups and downs, from work to family to college credits. She's a prime example of tenacity and determination as she is currently a doctoral candidate working on her PhD at the University of Maryland. Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to be talking about your college journey, which I understand um, has gone through a number of different schools and is, you are continuing to still be in school right now. And so um, before we get into all that, can you just tell me a little bit about your background? Yes. So I am from Northeast LA, specifically Highland Park. Um, I grew up there and similar to my mom, she also grew up in LA. She grew up specifically in Northeast LA. Um, and then my father was born in Cuba. <laughs> um, so kind of had the migrant parent experience. A lot of my focus and dedication was on school and academics. Um, so during high school, I spent a lot of time playing sports. So I kind of dabbled in softball, track, cross country. And then in terms of classes, I, I also took AP classes, some advanced placement classes. I was kind of always dedicated to being involved. I don't think there was a clear kind of idea of what capacity I would be involved in, but I knew that I wanted to be involved. So I was kind of, you know, dipping my toes in a lot of things. Yeah, you clearly did a, a lot in high school. And so what was that process like applying to college? Where were you looking? Uh, where did you end up going? Going up north where is where I wanted to go. I was really determined to get into Berkeley or if not somewhere within the Bay Area, um, maybe in San Francisco. I just really wanted to be there. After Gear Up um, field trip that we had, I went up there. That was my first time going up there. And I was like, okay, I really want to be here. I really want to start my life, quote unquote, life here. Um, so I applied to almost every school up in the Bay Area. <laughs> and then my only backup school was Northridge. So I ended up getting accepted to a few schools up there. Um, unfortunately, you know, what may seem like a little bit of money to some folks was actually a lot of money to my mom. Um, I needed her to help me kind of put a down payment on a dorm for my living situation. And there was like a really hard deadline. And so I was kind of like, there's no way. So I ended up staying home in Highland Park. And then I transitioned into college and went to CSUN for the first time, Cal State Northridge. I definitely did enjoy it, but I was more so focused on the fact that like I didn't get to go to the school that I wanted to go to. You weren't at CSUN as much as you thought. It was kind of just touch and go. You're commuting there. Um, and especially in contrast to how much you were involved in high school. Yeah, it definitely affected the my entire experience, I would say. I ended up 
for the first time ever, getting a fill <laughs> in a class, which I didn't think was going to happen. Um, but it's important to kind of recognize because, yeah, it can happen. And it does happen to a lot of people. I took that as like such a loss and I internalized it. Like I've never got a fill before. This must be because I didn't get to go where I wanted to go or maybe I'm not supposed to do this, you know. So just thinking about myself in the past as a first time student, really traversing and navigating through the space for the very first time, dedicated much of my high school career to getting the best grades, getting a high GPA, you know, to try to get into college and then failing a class my first time and then failing a class again, my second semester. Honestly, a lot of my failures in the classes were contributed to the fact that I missed a lot of classes challenge of transportation and, you know, not being involved, not having any ties. Um, I think that's really what contributed to it. So I ended up taking a break. I was like, you know what, maybe I just need to take a break. Maybe school's not for me anymore, which was a big deal because I, you know, I thought up until that point, yeah, this was for me. This is what I poured my life into. Um, and it wasn't working out. I went ahead and I started to work. So I was able to really help out in terms of home life, um, with money ended up liking getting paid. <laughs> so then I got two jobs. Um, and I did that for about a year and a half. And towards the very end, I was almost working two and a half jobs. And then there was one day that I was just, you know, I had like a terrible customer come in. She, she was having a bad day is my assumption. So she decided that I would have a bad day too. And I don't know, something within me was just like, you know what? I quit. So I didn't say anything to her. I like took off my um, mic because I was like a hostess somewhere. Took off my mic, I put it down, and then I just went to go tell my boss, like, I quit. And then I went home. I opened my laptop and I was like, you know what? Nope, I'm going to go back to school. Let me go ahead and look up the different kind of community colleges that are near me. Um, and I stumbled across GCC, Glendale Community College. So from there, I enrolled in my first semester in five courses. While I, was at, while I was at Glendale, I was super determined. I wanted to get out as soon as possible. It took me about a year and a half. Um, my end goal was at the time to go back to CSUN, but really towards the end of it all, um, I began to pay more closer attention to my major um, and decided to transfer to Cal State LA. Whatever happened to those classes that you took at CSUN? Were you able to transfer some of them over or what, what was that process like for you? Did they accept them or... Um, did you, were you able to get any of those credits? For both semesters, I took a math class, which was pass or fail. Um, I didn't pass up either time. So those were kind of out the window. And then I had two other fails for separate classes. So I was probably able to transfer over about three different courses. Definitely useful. I think one tip that I tell everyone all the time is always keep your syllabi. Um, because sometimes when you transfer things out or things change and, you know, requirements change at universities, they're going to ask for your syllabus. So make sure you keep it. <laughs> so I went on to study communication studies there. The reason why I love that campus so much is because at the time from high school to college, I was really experiencing what I think is a norm there, right? So being this commuter type of student, it's a commuter school, being a student that works, you know, full time while they're in school, um, being a student that's dealing with layers of different kind of challenges, right? There's students there that are caretakers, that are parents themselves, the head of their household that take care of their siblings and mentor their siblings. Um, so I really fell in love with that campus because I think it spoke to my own experience. Another thing that was really powerful about the institution was my instructors. A lot of folks that really spoke to my own experience, right? They grew up in the neighborhoods that I grew up in. Um, they went through the universities that I went through too. Like a lot of them went to 
community colleges as well. Um, and it was kind of the first time that I really build those connections with instructors, which I think is really powerful in academia, right? Building those connections, having that kind of mentorship. I finally started going to office hours and my instructor advised me that I should apply to the graduate program there at Castellet in communication studies. The graduate program there gives you this unique opportunity to also teach. So she's like, okay, I think that you, you know, should be in front of the classroom. I think it would be a really good experience for you. So I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to go into academia. I don't think I want to teach. I had never thought about about it prior to that. I kept her advice in mind and and I applied to the graduate program and I got in. So in just a few years, you went from working and getting fed up with a customer to all of a sudden you're getting enrolled in a master's program. Can you talk a little bit about what that, what transferring into the the master's program was like and teaching in front of students? Being in that master's program was a little bit of a big deal to me. Um, luckily for me, I was going into the program with a lot of the folks that I did undergrad with. These were folks that were just like me, right? A lot of them, their families were from Latin America. Um, they were first-generation college students. It's a very familiar space, which is helpful, but then also I feel like it put a lot of pressure on us as well, right? To to kind of now transition and kind of navigate the space of, okay, you're an instructor on record, right? Which, like I said, is a unique experience that they give you there, where they're just like, okay, here you go. We trust you. We instill you with this trust um, and this ability to teach and be the instructor on record for the very first time in front of a class of first-year college students. I was able to sit and, and have conversations with students that were like me, <laughs> you know, that perhaps at the beginning of their their transition from high school to college were kind of like, I don't really know what I want to do. Um, I don't really see myself here. Um, I don't think that I can get through this. So I think it's really powerful to really build those connections with those students and to get them to be exposed to the reality that, yeah, you you can do this. <laughs> I did it. I feel like you went from seeing yourself in your professors to then you are then the professor and you can have those same students see themselves in you. How did, uh, how did you finish up that program? How long did it take? That program was two years. I finished that up. So I became like a lead graduate teaching associate, um, focused more so on teaching. As it pertains to like communication studies, I was really interested in the communicative practices and procedures in higher education. Um, my goal was kind of to be really critical and question the normative practices and procedures um, and to make sure, you know, that higher education is equitable. Again, going back to this importance of advice and someone believing in you, my advisor, shout out to Dr. Christina Reyes Mesa. <laughs> she advised me to apply to doctoral program and to, you know, take it a step further after the master's program wrapped up. I applied to three different R1 institutions. It was a nerve wracking situation because I, the entire time was like, there's no way I'm going to get into any of these schools. I applied to George Mason University, which is in Virginia. And I also applied to Ohio University, which is in Athens, Ohio. And then the University of Maryland, which is where I'm at now in College Park. Again, some of those issues I ran into my first year or when I was applying for colleges as a junior in high school, um, were some of the issues that I kind of had to go through again. A lot of my family was like, we're very proud of you, but why not go to USC? Or why not go to UCLA or somewhere nearby? All right. So the question again, once I got in, the question again was, okay, how are you then going to kind of uproot your life and move away? So I ended up at the University of Maryland. I'm there now. 
first of all, I mean, congratulations on getting into all three. That's amazing. What was that transition like? What was it? What was the whole experience about being away from home? Um, how was that new to you? Any first year in any graduate program is going to be a difficult one. <laughs> so combining that with like the layers of then moving away, um, being in an absolute new space, um, there's like little things that you don't necessarily think about. But it was really difficult to be away from home my first year, even though I've been in college and I've kind of had, quote unquote, the college experience. It was just a very different university than Cal State LA and any other university that I've been to before. Um, it's a really big institution to me, even though I, I had an idea that it would be that way, but actually being there was kind of like a shock. Um, so what you kind of envision college to be like <laughs> is probably what University of Maryland is like in a lot of the, the schools on the East Coast. Being away from like familiar spaces, being away from my family was such a big deal. The small things that you don't think about again, like my Nina cooking, you know, comfort food for me during finals week. <laughs> And me just being in my apartment really sad because I, you know, couldn't go down the street to my cousin's house um, in Highland Park or something. So that was a really big deal. And I can't imagine what that would be like fresh out of high school. Um, I did this later on in life, but it, it must, I can only imagine how difficult it is as well for first year college students. Where are you right now in your studies, in your doctoral program? And uh, what is the end goal with once you received your, your doctorate? So the first year is focused on coursework. Um, I have one more year of coursework. And then after that, I kind of get to move into my dissertation and kind of fine tuning what my research expertise is. Um, so I am particularly interested in higher education. I also am interested in do some work in health communication. So looking at educational disparities among underserved communities to address health, health promotion as well as disease prevention. It's really the people. So even if the you know, demographic does change at Highland Park, it's the people that I grew up with, the people that I know, the people that are my friends, people that are like them or look like them or are going through similar kind of situations. Going back to like high school and the beginning of college, um, I was always curious to like, why are things happening this way? And then more so, okay, now that we know what's happening, what can we do? I think that's what really drove me then to focus on refining my research skills um, so that I can do work that is community-centered, that humanizes um, the stories, the numbers, right, that we see in research and kind of give it this extra layer, this, this robust kind of story that speaks a little bit more to its audience, which the audience should be, of course, people that are part of the community. If you're looking back at younger Ashley, um, or somebody in your same community or in the same similar experience, would you have any advice to tackling the beast that is higher education? I know that it's very easy to get wrapped up in this idea of you need to hurry up and be done in four years. So much happens in a year. So much happens in a month, right? So you can be having the best month ever. Something happens um, that kind of derails your studies. I know there's things that make you want to finish as soon as possible, right? A lot of them being income. The journey looks different for everyone, right? You can have a really good semester, three semesters in a row, and then your fourth semester, uh, I don't know, you fall ill and you have to deal with some kind of illness that you're battling or you have a relationship that you need to mend with somebody um, that's causing this kind of distraction in your mind or you have to work 
you have to pick up another job. You know, sometimes I have students that work graveyard shifts. And I think just really recognizing that you should give yourself the ability to go through this journey. It's going to have a lot of twists and turns, um, but allow yourself to figure out who you are. Is it worth it? Not kind of getting fixated. Well, this major is like going to get me out faster or this major is going to take more time, but I'm, you know, I, I gravitate more towards this major. Go with that major, I would say. At least give yourself the opportunity. I think I was right that you have a lot of great wisdom and advice to pass along. Again, we really appreciated having you on. Um, and I hope the best for you in the future. And I look forward to seeing you maybe uh, being professors for some of our students in the future. This was Ashley Aragon sharing her extensive college journey that continues to this day. Again, we really appreciated having you on. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> Subscribe to My First Year on gear4lay.net, iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. Please rate, review, and share with your friends and family to keep the dialogue going. The My First Year podcast is a gear production, original idea by Juan Meyer Hernandez, hosted by me, Casey Weld, audio production and post-production services by Tin Dragon Media, production music courtesy of Epidemic Sound, and a special thanks to Gear4LA, Study Smart Tutors, the Gear Up Alumni Association, and to listeners like you.